for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show, we bring you the finale of our three-part oral history of the Giants electrifying Will Clark. If you haven't listened to parts one and two yet, definitely go back and start there. Those will get you warmed up for what we've got coming. It's Friday, May 22nd. The 22nd for number 22. Didn't even plan that. So cool. Today's finale begins in St. Louis with the Ozzie Smith fight. You can't talk about how much Will's teammates loved him without considering the way they responded when a future Hall of Famer took a swing at Will way back on July 24th, 1989. So that is where we begin today. Candy Maldonado, take it away. Will always play hard. Old country boy, southern redneck, you know, I used to call him as a, as a, as a friend and joke. Slit hard to my fellow friend, you know, uh, he was like he was playing... And the other team, mm-hmm. Kendall. Once again, former Giants catcher Bob Brenly. Oh man, I, I remember a lot about it. It was. Uh, it seemed like we got in a fight with the Cardinals every series. I mean, uh, you know, they had all those jackrabbits. They loved to run the bases, uh, and Roger Craig prided himself on slowing down the opposition's running game. So we would pitch out and throw to first, and Roger would get upset when the Cardinals would steal bases up by six or seven runs, and Whitey Herzog would tell Roger, "If you." promise me you're going to stop scoring we'll stop running the bases and uh it just seemed like every series uh there would be something that would happen that would get everybody up on the top step ready to charge out on the field and in most cases we went out on the field and got after it i know i hit the wall in the hole as a runner you touch the base and then you look what happened what's happening on the other side and i saw that uh, you know Kendall didn't like the way he went in broken bat roller toward shortstop the shuffle and Clark taking the runner out. Look out. Here we go. Look out. And here come both dugouts. Uh, we're going to have a good one here. Clark doing his job. Yeah, Kendo doesn't like it. I didn't like it either. And look, see a Kendo hitting Clark in the helmet. And there goes a sucker punch from behind by Ozzy. Will, to me, went in at the time what was a legal, hard, clean slide into second base. I was in the bullpen at the time, and, you know, I, I kind of saw Jose Akendo, who's one of the more mellow guys in the game, kind of hit me, Will, in the back a couple of times, and I said, wait a minute, that's not right. And Will tried to get up, and uh, that's when the real instigator for me was Ozzy Smith. Yeah. Sneaking around the back of the pile, throwing sucker punches, trying to hit Will in the back of the head. Mike Aldretti, what do you remember? Ozzy starts taking some, what, you know, San Francisco Giants all feel are cheap shots mm-hmm. that Will would, Will kind of fighting Akendo, and, and Ozzy's just throwing haymakers. Candy, when it started at second base, he made a beeline from first base directly toward Ozzy. I never ran in my life after. Now, obviously, nobody was communicating with each other, but we all had one thing on our mind, and that's go find the guy who's going after our guy. Not even Kyle Lewis. You see him both. What a minute. Second place with me. Yeah. I ran all the way there and my first reaction was, you know, fly to the back and I got to hit Ozzy. Candy actually hit Ozzy a split second before I got there and tackled him to the ground. Mm-hmm. But I had already left my feet to try to do the same thing. But suddenly Ozzy was gone and I went face first into Terry Pendleton's thigh. And he missed. I didn't miss, you know. What about you? What do you remember, Bob Melvin? If I was made of Candy Maldonado getting Ozzy, 
Yeah. But Bob got them too, down in the pile. But yeah, that, yeah, he did say that. I started crawling around on the AstroTurf there at Bush Stadium until I found Ozzy at the bottom of the pile, and uh, he was already bleeding from a couple of cuts, but uh, I got a few blows in there, so uh, that was a fun one. You know, Bob and Ozzy had a little thing going back and forth. I don't think they were each other's favorite player. Yeah. And Bob was, was hell-bent on finding Ozzy in that, in that fight. That's our poster child right there. And, uh, you know, so you can, you can get a little feel for how, how Will, you know, over the, over the next couple of years after 86, he endeared himself to, uh, to his teammates. And Will endeared himself to one teammate in particular on August 15th, 1989. This is the save. That was the day that Giants pitcher Dave Dravecki suffered a horrific career-ending broken arm in just his second start back since battling cancer. Dravecki gives him a look. Here's the pitch to the plate, and it goes all the way to the screen. Dravecki falls down and grabs his left shoulder, and he is hurting. Dravecki is hurt badly. As Dravecki crumpled to the Olympic Stadium turf in agony, his first baseman sprinted to his side, while trainer Mark Laton raced out from the dugout. Until Mark Luton got there, mm-hmm. he did take charge. He looked at me because he saw that I was not breathing. And so I was getting ready to go into shock. And he just kept telling me, breathe, Dave, breathe, breathe. And then Mark Luton came up and was telling me, through the nose, out the mouth, through the nose, out the mouth. They were trying to get me to get my faculties back. And I'll never forget that moment. Holy cow. He, he literally sprinted. I no sooner rolled over and there his face was in my face. Breathe. That's a memory I'll always have etched in my mind and on my heart um, as long as I live. Mm. Wow. Chills. Quite a story. We now move from August of 1989 to the 1989 NLCS, where the Giants bested the Chicago Cubs in five games. The stars for both clubs, Will Clark and Mark Grace, were absolutely spectacular. Grace hit 647 with a 1.779 OPS, while Clark's two-run single in the eighth inning of the clinching Game 5 prompted Giants play-by-play man Hank Greenwald's memorable Superman call. So, Brenly, you live in Arizona, right? You talked with Grace about that series recently? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I see him almost every day here yeah. in Arizona yeah. when we're working, and uh, occasionally that topic will come up. Yeah. And Grace, he's laughed about it, you know, probably as hot as he's ever been in his entire career, and nobody will remember it. Once again, Jeff Brantley. The grand slam he hit off Maddox is, I mean, that's just, to me, is probably the, the biggest swing moment in, in our whole postseason. Giants four, Cubs three, top of the fourth inning. Two out, Clark standing in, and Maddox throws, and Clark swings. High drive, right field, going, gone. Grand slam, home run for Will Clark. Well, take a ride on that one. That ball was kissed. Not kidding, Dale Murphy, a grand slam. Wait a sec, wait a sec. You say he hit a grand slam off of Maddox? He hit a grand slam off Maddox in game one. Are you kidding me? No. My estimation of Will Clark's ability just... <laughs> If you can imagine it going up, it just went up. <laughs> Even though Maddox was not the Maddox at that point in time, he was still pretty damn good. When Will hit the grand slam, I'm thinking, you really? This is really happening. Former Giants pitcher Kelly Downs. He hit the grand slam in Chicago, but I think the best one was off with Mitch Williams. I'll never forget that, ever. Still brings goosebumps because you knew Will was going to come through. Kevin Mitchell. You say something to Will? 
when Mitch Williams came in to face us, I actually told him, if you don't get him, I'm going to get him, then I'm going to be the hero. There's some left-handers, if you Mitch Williams, there's Randy Johnson. Some left-handers wanted no part of him, and I think of John Cruck, and, and, mm. <laughs> and you know, there were some guys he wanted no part of, the left-hander. You just didn't know where the ball was going. Will didn't care. When he was out there and he tried to throw a high fastball by Clark, and Clark goes back up the middle with it, it was just a thing of beauty. You know, it was just effortless, and it's just like, you know, you tried to throw a fastball by Will Clark. Who you are, you can't do it. Maldonado with a lead from third, Butler off second, Thompson from first in the pitch, and Clark hits it up the middle in a center field base hit. Maldonado scores. Here comes Butler on his way to third is Thompson. The Giants lead three to one, and Superman has done it again. He stayed right in there, and you know that confidence let's call it confidence at this point just played a part that he was not backing out nobody was going to intimidate him and kelly downs nobody did which brings us to will's legacy he played for the giants from 1986 to 1993 before finishing out with the rangers orioles and cardinals he retired after the 2000 season with a 303 average, an 880 OPS, over 2,100 hits, 284 home runs, six all-star appearances, and one gold glove. He rejoined the Giants organization as a special assistant in player development in 2009, and the memories of those who played with him have never left. Once again, here's Dave Dravecki. Actually, it was... How do I describe it? <laughs> it was... Amazing. Uh-huh. It was fun. It was intense. It was wonderful. It was full of passion. It was winning. There was just so much about being a teammate of his that was just a significant part of understanding how you play the game of baseball. And I think if there was anybody that personified what we define as the Giants way, it was Will Clark. We pretty much rode him to, okay, now San Francisco's back. And uh, it's a great feeling. And really, you could say, really, it was Will Clark that was a catalyst for that whole thing. In terms of the whole organization turning around, I'm talking over like a four-year period, of the progression, that, that centerpiece player was Will Clark. You know what he meant to the organization? I mean, he was like, Will Clark, you think Giants? I mean, even to this day. I was really lucky, man. About my career, I played with a lot, a lot of great players. And he was, he was definitely one of them. Will was our battery pack, man. Come on now, you know. Still giving Will hell. Couldn't think of a better way to go out. Thanks for that, Bob Bradley. And there you have it, an oral history of the Giants electrifying Will Clark, thanks to interviews conducted by our senior editor and writer, Dan Brown. Dan, welcome back. Was there a moment in all of the conversations you had that really stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, every story, I you know, it's funny. Sometimes you didn't even have to ask questions. Guys went on their own going, here's another one, and here's another one. <laughs> but for all kind of the funny stuff and the neutral griefs that he got and 
you know, whatever kind of comic element there is to Will Clark. My favorite story is Dravecki saying when he threw that horrible, fateful pitch that broke his arm and ruined his career in Montreal, that the first guy on the scene is Will Clark, who rushed out to check on him and to remind him to breathe and all these important things like an EMT would do. You know, it was something a lot of guys mentioned that Will Clark was a leader even at a young age, really kind of became the voice of the clubhouse, the guy that others followed, the guy who would rally the troops. He was funny, and he's a funny guy to talk about, but he meant a lot in terms of the soul of that clubhouse and why those guys are so close even to this day. What are you going to take away from this piece, Dan? It's a good question. I mean, what I'm going to take away is the Hall of Fame can kind of be defined in different ways because in the Hall of Fame of our hearts, I mean, people who remember that era, you know, you look at the stats of one thing, but you look at that personality, this timing, his style, his flair, whatever, he was the defining guy for a long time in San Francisco. And he changed the relationship between the fans and that team, which one year before his arrival had lost 100 games. And here's this guy who's just this burst of energy, fun to watch, transformative figure. And that number on the wall that they're going to retire this summer or this fall or whenever is for a good reason. Dan, this was absolutely incredible. Thank you again so much for sharing all of these fantastic interviews with us. Thanks so much, Kate. Thanks for coming along for the ride. That concludes the ride. Our three-part oral history of Will the Thrill Clark is now in the books. And obviously, it would not have been remotely possible if not for the fantastic work of Dan Brown. Dan, thank you again for saving and sharing all of those interviews with us. And if you haven't read Dan's article on Will, we've linked to it in the description notes of today's podcast. All right, don't forget, you can now listen to us through any of your Google devices. Just tell your assistant, play the update with Kate Scott Podcast. And if you aren't a subscriber yet to the written arm of The Athletic, what's your problem? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But really, it's time to sign up because we've currently got a free 90-day trial subscription going. All you have to do is visit theathletic.com slash the update. That's theathletic.com slash the update. Sign up for the free 90 days and enjoy because the journalism, as Dan is proving yet again, is incredible. As always, if you're enjoying our podcast, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. For all of us here at The Update, especially our editor, Brian Smith, want to give him some shouts. Formerly of the Razor and Mr. T show with me over at KNBR, shouts to you, Prime. Incredible work all week. I'm Kate Scott saying thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed our week-long deep dive into Will the Thrill as much as Brian and I, both huge Will Clark fans, enjoyed putting the series together for you. Have a safe and healthy weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Monday.